He was he was in a ball humbug mood. Everybody and welcome to Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill, along with my other host, the incredible and sexy, talented Rick Warren. How you doing, buddy? What's up? How's, how, how is the heart of Texas? The heart of Texas is doing good. It's nice and cool out. It's actually great weather over here. And we have been doing great. And I'm hoping everybody had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. And uh, we had a really good one here. I've got my daughter, Kit. Uh, some of y'all may remember her from uh, one of the investigations. She went with us on it and uh, had a great time. So uh, it was it was really cool. And uh, it, we're, we were trying to discuss on what we were going to talk about, being that it's the holiday season. And uh, one of the things Rick and I were talking about was Krampus and the origins and all that kind of good stuff. So that's what we kind of decided we were going to look at over here. Uh, we got Bill on here. Uh, he says Pink Floyd. Nope, not Pink Floyd. Sorry, Bill. I know it sounds like it, but it is not Pink Floyd. It's not a Pink Floyd song either, but it does sound like it a lot. Landon Wells says interesting title. I know the title is interesting, and you know why, though? It's because I forgot to change that. And the reason I forgot to change it is because we missed all of last week. And I don't even remember doing anything with that. So we're going to change it right now. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Rick, while I take care of this part of it. Okay. Yeah. Glad to have everybody on board. Landon, good to see you, Bill. Thank you for showing up. And uh, you know what, Eddie? It was interesting as all get out for me to sit there and actually do a little research on this Krampus because, hey, here in middle America. Hi, Valerie. How are you, Valerie? Hey, nice to have you here. But anyway, here in the United States, we do not really have anything like this as far as Krampus or Krampus or whatever. And uh, it was interesting to me because I had never really researched anything concerning what was going on with Krampus or how Krampus, how we pronounce that. I'm not sure the vernacular on that. And uh, so as I researched it and, and brought it into view and everything, I realized just how much these other countries really, really get into this um, Krampus. And it's not just something that is um, a fly by night thing, but they celebrate it every year. And it's uh, it's looked forward to. It's it's been 
something that's been taught throughout the ages. And that's what was interesting to me was the fact that they could actually have something. And I, and I tried to see exactly how far back this study or this uh, belief system in the Alpine countries is where it originated and um, how far back it went. And surprising enough, Eddie, it has gone back well over 200, 300 years. And it's, it's just folklore. But behind every folklore, Eddie, I think, you know, as well as I do, that there's got to be a certain amount of truth as to why there would be a um, mythological creature. And um, his name's Krampus. Yeah, I mean, and and that's what's really strange. And Krampus, uh, his name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw, and is said to be the son of Hiel in North mythology. Hill, H-E-L, just H-E-L. Mm-hmm. Um, the legend is part of centuries-old Christmas tradition in Germany, where Christmas celebrations begin in early December. Krampus was created as a counterpart to the kindly Saint Nick. So That's interesting. Yeah, itself. so I mean, let, really let's is. check out over here what uh, w- Wikipedia says. Um, let's see, he's a horned figure, uh, in Alpine folklore, who during the Christmas season scares children who have misbehaved, assisting, assisting to Saint Nicholas. The first of three good December men, other two are Santa Claus and Dead Morose, D E D Morose. I never heard of that one. I have to look into that one too. Who rewards the well behaved on the 5th of December at night with modest gifts, oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate, and bad ones with birch rod only. Hmm. The origin, I guess that's just so you, you can kind of whip them with it. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> what I found inter- interesting because, yeah. I mean, just like with the yin and yang, we have a positive and negative, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the same thing with, with Santa Claus and Krampus here. I mean, you have the good guy. And uh, ultimately, the bad guy, because uh, these kids were told and told by their parents, grandparents, and everybody else that was around that, hey, you better be good. You better be good because December 5th or whenever Christmas comes around, Krampus is going to be around and he's going to know. And the bad kids got whipped with those rods you're talking about, yep. or the uh, uh, rolled up sticks and everything. And it is said, Eddie, that the really, uh, really bad ones. He sacked up and took them back to his lair mm-hmm. and eat them or consumed them. Right. So I find that really interesting as far as it being a counterpart of something good versus something right. evil. Santa Claus gives, Krampus takes. <laughs> there you go. The origin of the figure is unclear. Some folklorists and anthropologists have uh, postulated it as having pre-Christian origins in tradition parades and in such events as uh, the Krampus run, young men dressed as Krampus participate. Such events occur annually in most Alpine towns. Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards called Krampus Carton. I, I guess something to that effect. Anyway, since, 2013, Carton, yeah. Yeah. since 2013, uh, the character has become better known globally having been portrayed in Hollywood horror films. Almost unknown before this time, Krampus has become a part of American popular culture. And I, I think that's really, really cool. And, you know, it makes you wonder, Does are these things for real? I mean, a, there's a lot of people that really believe that they're real. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting because it is such a well-known and well-versed folklore. And uh, like I said earlier, I mean, there's some kind of, there is a big, big uh, belief system behind any kind of folklore like that. We have folklore in the United States, Eddie, that uh, goes back hundreds of years also. And in each one of those folklores, it is found that there is an element of truth. Now, where this comes from as far as the Krampus, because, hey, I'm really not going to be sitting there looking forward to meeting this guy with two great big old horns coming out of his head glowing eyes and it said he is demonic in appearance and that's what i find interesting is that you do ha- see the negativity and you do see the good when it comes to the uh, to a um, 
Santa Claus belief or anything like that as far as Krampus. Yeah, he is literally the Santa Claus from hell. Bingo. <laughs> so what else have you found out about Krampus? Well, they have celebrations like you were alluding to there. And, and uh, this is all over the UK. This is a traditionally uh, roots in Germanic for, folkland and folklore. And it started in Austria, South Bavaria, Southern Troil, and Hungary, and all those uh, countries over there. And it, during the first week of December in the evening, around the 1st to the 5th, the young men would dress up as Krampus and would dress up, you know, convincingly as Krampus and uh, run around town with rusty chains and bells and uh, scare the heck out of the bejesus out of the kids and everybody else that they just, uh, it, it was something they looked forward to. And it's something that they did. And then they have what's called a Krampus Lauf, L-A-U-F. It is a run of celebrants that are, it's usually fueled by alcohol. So you can imagine that. Oh, yeah. And this is this is something that, you know, they do every year too. And um, they also have what they call, the runs may include P-E-R-C-H-T-E-N, Perchton wild pagan spirits which usually mean that they are germanic folklore and most generally are the female side of what's going on with the belief system over there hmm. wow. so you can imagine what kind of party that would be oh god you know uh it makes you wonder just like you said with all types of folklore there has to be something real in it to, to make it truly folklore um I wonder what makes this real. Do you know? Do you know what could make this real? Does anybody out there know what could make Krampus a real being or something real that people are are actually afraid of that have had real encounters? I think in a lot of instances, Eddie, we have a lot of, um, just like the folklore of the Wendigo here in, in the United States, and different uh, things that you have the, uh, what do you call that in Louisiana? Eddie Lukaru? Uh, Rougarou. You remember? Rougarou, there you go. And um, these things are brought up as far as being, as far as I can see and what, I, what I'm what uh, i studying them about is the fact that they're kind of like a control issue with the uh, kids as far as throughout the time of, from the time that the celebration starts after and then throughout the year. Well, don't go into the forest because the Wendigo will get you. Don't go, you better be good because if not, Krampus is going to get you. And mm. so, I mean, I don't know if that is a psychological or a pathological, whatever or is you he like to call it. Or kind of like know, the boogeyman, maybe? Control? Huh? Kind of like the boogeyman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as, as kids, we're told all these things about uh, the things go bump in the night. And Krampus falls right into that category, along with everything else that we're told about. And uh, we love it. Eddie, I couldn't believe how many movies I saw and, and just different posts. There's, there's a rock and roll bands of Krampus and there's, there's postcards. There's, um, there's groups that you can join right now of Krampus and everything else like that. So people are joining into these type of festivities, if that, if you will. And it's spreading like wildfire throughout our generations of people that want to find something more than what is the norm, so to speak, as far as jolly old St. Nick. Hmm. And here I'm looking at Krampus supposedly has a weakness and it says an evergreen stake is the weakness of Krampus. He can be killed by being stabbed with a stake made from the branch of an evergreen tree dipped in the blood of the dark side of God himself. Santa uses a stake to kill Krampus. Well, you know, I think we could find an evergreen stick, but finding the, the blood of a uh, God and especially getting the dark side of it, I think that's going to be a, an issue. That's more than I could do. I, yeah. I mean, yep. I, my resume does not, no, my job description does not fall. <laughs> well, I, I can honestly say that if that's the case, then uh, the only suggestion I can say is tell you if you run, uh, ever run into Krampus is run because <laughs> there's no way to get rid of this dude. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I tell you. And then, like I said, it, it, it falls right in right in line with a lot of the folklore going throughout. Well, I mean, around the world, actually. I mean, from um, um, what is the name of the Jinn? Uh, um, yeah. In the Eastern yeah, States. Yeah, the Jinn. What they believe in the, in the Middle East. Mm-hmm, the Jinn. Uh, the Jinn is very powerful. You know, that that's something that they believe in. And, and is this all is collective into a belief system of what really is real and what is imaginative. And uh, you can let your mind just roll with this, Eddie. You really can. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Um, but he's supposedly a Chris, Christmas demon, and he only comes out on December 5th. That's the only time Krampus comes out. Um, so, I mean, if you make it past December 5th and you ain't seen this dude, then I think you're pretty much in the clear. Yeah, yeah. And what's amazing is that it has nothing to do with the adults. It has everything to do with kids, you know, small ones and everything else like that. Because, hey, if you've been a really, really bad boy or girl, he'll sack you up and take you back to his lair. And uh, munch on you as far as what was is some of the stories that I gathered. So it says here, you better watch out. You better not cry because Krampus is coming to town. <laughs> For centuries, stories have been told of a horned demon who walks the winter nights punishing children who, let's see, punishing children who, who've been bad during the year occasionally he eats them krampus has had a major resurgence in popularity in the 21st century plucked from the dark ages and reborn as a reminder of why you should definitely try to be good boys and girls here's what you should know about him before he comes tapping at your window he has norris roots um, while the traditional Christ, uh, Christian Christmas doesn't have much to do with ancient pagan festivals, uh, in spite of what you've been told, Krampus definitely does. He comes from a dark part of history, emerging from ancient pagan religious beliefs in Eastern Europe, according to the National Geographic. He has come from Kram- Krampen, the German word for claw, weirdly, while he... Mm-hmm. He hails from ancient Austria. His origin story is Norse. Tradition says his mother is Hel, the goddess of who rules the underworld and the dead. Um, Hel isn't a huge player in Norse mythology, but her father, Krampus' grandfather, uh, Krampus's grandfather, doesn't get much bigger. It's Loki via Norse mythology. And if you mm-hmm. only know him from the Marvel movies, that's a shame. You're missing out on a ton of weird stuff. And he has a pack of monstrous children, including uh, Fenrir, Fenrir, the wolf, and I don't know how they come up with these words. Uh, Jordan Mangard, the world, <laughs> world serpent, must have made family Christmas dinners a hoot. No wonder Krampus grew up like he did. And if you ever seen a picture of this dude, man, talk about hideous. Krampus isn't just one of a kind demon, but Atlas uh, says there's actually a whole race of them. So there's a whole race of these things. Uh, they're called Perch- Perchenton, P-E-R-C-H. Perchton. Perchton. And uh-huh. they're Perched developed it. out of the Alpine pagan folklore that said the long winter months needed to be scared away. Men dressed in animal masks would wander the villages to do just that over the time. These super scary creatures they were pretending to be developed into furry horned beast we'd recognize today as Krampus. You know, that makes me wonder if they weren't running around maybe killing children like you might have had some type of uh you know mass murderer or something like that you know uh that was running around and started killing kids and it kind of got told that these things were real and this is what was going on well that's interesting because if you look back at the aztec and the mayan culture and everything blood itself was the atonement okay 
and it was it was featured by sacrifice of not only young women but young men also. Hmm. And so this type of this type of behavior, as far as a behavior is concerned, is consistent throughout history as far as what happens to kids and and the innocence of okay. the children. And, it was, it was and um, it, it's very interesting to see what happens because this does come from a mythological uh, type of beginning and it, its findings is based upon kind of like a, a mythology. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool though. And, and the fact that these things, you know, and, and if you think about it though, like I was telling you, if these things or, or if these men wandered around and they basically tried to look as scary as they could, kind of like this Krampus creature, what if there was a serial killer in the bunch and people ended up dead during this time because no one would, could tell who was doing what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a very, very true possibility. Because, I mean, um, serial killers uh, do their best to blend in, to look mm-hmm. just like you and I and, or anybody else in, in, in a uh, social environment. And, and that's a very uh, real possibility. You know, they, the, that movie that they made on Krampus was actually pretty good. I'm going to have to see that. I that is one thing. Like I said, when I started uh, looking into the, uh, well, basically everything I could find as far as on the Krampus ordeal and everything, that this has taken off. I mean, and, and not so much in the last, um, oh, give it ten, fifteen years ago, but I mean, like in the last five years, it has really, really taken off with with different individuals and different groups and different. Uh, it it has a following. It has a following, Eddie, as far as if you really look at the pictures of Krampus, hey, that's a one ugly mother chicken. I'm telling you. Now, on Krampus, if looking at some of the stuff that you were looking at, what kind of a following does he have? Is there like groups for him or I mean, what what's the deal with him? Sure. It's just like anything that has anything to do with Halloween or anything to have to do with occultism or anything like that. As far as when you have a mythological being or you have a spirit type of um, being that's set there and has become a worldwide known such as Krampus and everything, you're going to have a cult following. You're going to have people that that actually revive it and have a belief system in that um organization as far as how they want to follow and how they see and who they associate with. And, and, and if you would look, if you look up any of the information that I saw and everything, you're going to see a vast amount of kids and people who are following Krampus now. That's something else. What about some of the other uh, Christmas type uh, hauntings, I guess you could say, have you heard anything on that? There's been a lot of movies um, Santa Claus from hell and just it, it is a take on any and every avenue that you want to go down to as far as from the uh, hauntings itself as far as going from a, a very innocent benign type of Santa Claus to turning into something like Krampus or turning into an evil being or the people at Christmas parties I mean like I said you can go through any aspect of, of um, movie type style and genre that you can think of. And these people have done it with Christmas and they've done it with Santa Claus. And it's not only that, but I mean, let's just say this. It, it is one of the most popular genres that can be uh, accepted at this time of year. It, it's not only in the sex markets, but it's also in the kids. It's also in the adults. It's also, it's all over the world. We had a NORAD last night come online talking about tracking Santa Claus. And that's interesting because when you have, <laughs> when you have the North American Atlantic uh, Radar Institute, Institute tracking what they say is Santa Claus and actually taking time out of their schedules to come on the air and say, well, he's over New York City at this time. He will be in Chicago within the next eight hours or something like that. That's really cool. 
Yeah. But you know, but there's a lot. That. Now, you know, it's really now, funny. Now flip that and go into the to the genre of of the. Uh, you know, real scary type movies and, and the, the blood and guts and gore of what they can turn Santa Claus into. That's what you're having nowadays, Eddie. Well, you know, what's really funny is that there's a lot of haunting stories told during Christmas time that you think would be told during Halloween, but they're not. They're saved for Christmas. Um, the most famous, of course, is the Christmas Carol. And mm-hmm. that's one of the most famous of all the ghost stories told in Christmas. And I believe it was who Charles Dickens that wrote that. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you got the apparition of a murdered highwayman in Kent. That's one of the stories that's told. Um, you've got the mistletoe bride at Brams Hill, Brams Hill house. Um, you've mm-hmm. got, uh, uh, the ghostly gatherings, of kings at Warwell Castle. Um, you've got the haunted dining room at the Crescent Hotel. The headless horseman Ooh. at Ruse Hall. Um, the ghostly queen returning home at Hever Castle. And the haunted Christmas feast at Alcatraz. So there's a lot of Chris. There's a lot of stories told. Wow during Christmas time that deal with ghosts. And, I, you know, if you look at them, they deal with the good and the bad and kind of like to maybe teach, you know, kids good and bad. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. The first time I ever really saw uh, Ebenezer Scrooge and everybody else like that on that movie about, you know, the Christmas Carol and everything else like that, it kind of bothered me. It really did because I never... I'd always looked at Santa as being the fat, jolly, ho, ho, ho kind of guy that would just, man, it's a good day when Santa Claus comes to visit. And right. then when you look at that movie and you see that, Eddie, that's straight from the paranormal. When you it have is. the ghost of Christmas past, when you have other characters that's coming on board with that storyline and you actually listen to it, it is a paranormal tale. It really is, and it's so cool. I love it. I love the one with Jim Carrey. I really do. Because even Scrooge in that in the Christmas Carol with uh, Jim Carrey looks like Jim Carrey. He really does. <laughs> and it's absolutely hilarious. Well, you know what? It's about that time to take a quick break. So we're going to go ahead and do that, I think. And uh, we okay. shall re- we shall return here soon as we get done.
Looked like we got dropped off the server for just a moment, but we brought it right back up and we're right back live with everybody. And uh, we'd like to thank you all for hanging out with us while we talk about the incredible Krampus. Rick, you want to continue onward? Oh, hang on just a minute here. Got to fix something on you. All right, there you go. Hey, we're back. We are okay. back. Uh what is interesting, Eddie, is that the fact that um, there is a belief system, and and I say belief system because this falls in line with the psyche of different avenues of approach into the paranormal world itself. Because if you look at Krampus, he is a, what they say, a demonic figure. And if you've ever seen the stories or if you've looked at his pictures and everything that is up on screen and everything, I would not want to meet the guy in a dark alley, much less in light. Because no. he is. He is a frightening individual. Yeah, you know? I think I'm trying to quit. And uh, to. Huh? I'm trying to quit from meeting him. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it is just something that, that I don't know if I was. I don't know. If, I don't think that I want my little granddaughter at her age looking at something like this as far as, I mean, this is a scary figure. And uh, to tell them that he's going to eat them or beat them and everything else like that, I think that's better served at an older age. It's something that, that can be um, brought to a child's um, attention at a later time because this is a, I mean, this would have a psychological effect on young children, Eddie. You're actually, you're right, it would. Just as St. Nick does, Krampus would as well. Exactly. I think we have to be careful on how we bring about each and every one of those um, entities, as it were, because St. Nicholas is just as much of an entity as what Krampus is, because there's a belief system in him, you know, and um, it crushed my heart when I was a kid and I found out Santa really wasn't real, you know. I mean, let alone the fact um, if I'm told that there's a Krampus out there waiting for me, that would have, yeah, yeah. I've got enough mental problems as it is, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But you know, I think <laughs> I think all this stuff with Krampus and and uh, you know a lot of the ghost tales that are told. You know, I, I think in some aspects of it, I think there's a lot of truth in all of these. I think there's reasons why some of these stories are bound. Um. And, and I think it's a way that parents keep children in line throughout the year. 
But at the same time, it's a way to make the children understand the difference between good and bad. And I think by keeping these figures alive, such as Santa Claus, Krampus, and things of that nature, the elves, I really truly think that within our hearts, these entities actually live. They're actually, they actually exist. We bring them to life. We make them real. You know, and... Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. I, I don't know if people have had any true sightings of Krampus. I didn't find anything that showed that uh, there were any legit sightings, per se. Uh, but I think that whether there are or not, I think that Krampus and St. Nick live within our hearts every time we talk about them or bring them to life. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But there is a um, a flavor that each and every one of us bring. I don't care what ethnicity group there is as far as uh, Spanish or, or Indian or, or what ethnicity group there is. Um, we we tend to, to to favor our belief in a genre that is something that can be there for us to grasp hold of, and that's with any belief system. I don't care Christianity. I don't care if it's what it is, Catholicism or whatever. But all these types of things that follow in line with belief systems are, have an original basis, Daddy. And they have an, an origin and a power to sit there and actually sway people in the essences of belief. And that's what's cool about what we believe in and how we believe. Because just like the Krampus and all the other things that go along with these type of, uh, of mythological type of entities and everything, there has to be a belief in that for it to become real to us, Eddie. And that's, that's what's amazing of how we do with our finite minds and how we are able to control that in our storytelling, in our movies, in anything that we do as far as looking at this kind of, uh, of a belief. So let me ask you, you know, you've heard of that experiment. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head because I wasn't preparing for that one. But there was an experiment where college students took a doll and they made a name for it. And... Every night, they did a seance to contact the spirit of that doll until they actually started getting EVPs and things of that nature related to that doll. And it was a great experiment that they did. And it was based on the fact that we're able to manifest these spirits uh, creatures or whatever the case might be with our own minds because of our own belief. Do you think that could play a part? Very much so. Very much so. If you look at the uh, doll Annabelle in the Ed and Lorraine Warren's uh, collection, if you look at uh, one of the other dolls that's in their co- collection and everything, um, yes, there. I mean, just in, in the Annabelle doll itself, it, it struck fear in the heart of everybody that was around it because their mindset prior to being in that area with Annabelle was already tipped off by something that was said or a movie or a clip or a, a comment from somebody that had been there and said, well, we were there. I saw it move. It's left foot moved just a little bit when I looked away and, and I, I saw her staring at me. Mm-hmm. And and that in itself gives people a mindset of this thing is real, and it that, this falls right in along with Krampus or anything else like that that people sit there and look look at as far as like you said a belief system you know it this folklore just like I said earlier it has an origin of belief from way 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 back where where did it start Eddie Austria. Uh, Germanic folklore or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
and so uh, we, like to so jump out there real quick. Down generation. Like to jump out there real quick and say hello, hello to Sonia. She's in the chat. Hi, Sonia. So we hope you had a great Christmas, Sonia. But yeah, I mean, this thing there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stuff on this. But yeah, Crumpet, he's supposed to show around December fifth, and uh, so well before Christmas time, he's supposed to come take away the naughties and uh, devour them. You know, that's what's interesting is, like I said, because I never really looked into this as far as, I mean, here in the United States, we don't have, or we didn't have, okay, when I was growing up, there was only Santa Claus, Rudolph, and the elves, Yep. you know? And if you watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on, on uh, such a night, you had Cornelius in that group, too, <laughs> you know? You know, I totally we forgot about Cornelius. System. Huh? I totally forgot about Cornelius. Yeah, he packs a gun too. Yeah, man. he's redneck American. <laughs> <laughs> Trump supporter. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that that you and me as as a, a person we we've been in this field for umpteen years, and we've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. I know you've seen a lot oh, too. Oh God, yes. But for somebody that. You know, for somebody that's just coming into this field and you start looking at the different types of uh, venues and avenues of what the belief systems are, they're just so numerous, Eddie, that you have to pick. Every time we do a show like this, Eddie, it's amazing that we, I mean, I, I don't get tired of picking the topics because there are so many of them, just like tonight with Krampus, you know, because oh, like God. I said, and now America is awakened and, 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 uh, looking at Krampus as being an entity, as being a character, as being a person. So you have a trifecta right there, mm -hmm. a belief right there in something that, that is from another world, from another country. And now it's hit North America, and it hit it hard. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. It did. It really did. It's surprising because, like I said, you can go online anytime, and, and uh, there's chat rooms. There are groups of people that are uh, looking at the, there's a group called Krampus. I mean, it's actually a rock and roll band, I believe. Yeah. And uh, there's just tons of avenues of approach when you look, I mean, when I clicked on uh, Krampus uh, this afternoon, was looking at, uh, at the outlay and inlay of everything that was going on. It really surprised me how many people actually get into, into, well, this belief system of Krampus. Yeah, it's insane. But you know what? I think it's really cool because I think that's what keeps a lot of the holiday spirit alive. And uh, if you ever watch the movie Krampus, and you really should rent it and watch it, but uh, it is, it's a phenomenal movie and it, it takes you down a path that you're really not expecting. You know, as far as uh, this thing eating people and you know, these little demons running around and this one guy, he, you know, he's attacked by these little gingerbread looking men, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff. It's crazy. Some parts of it are kind of corny and a little funny, but it's all part of the folklore. Yeah. You can pick up anything as far as, I mean, when you sit there and talk about different beliefs and different stories and genres of, of what's going on in the paranormal, um, you can just about pick whatever you want and go with it. I mean, we talk about UFOs. We talk about uh, lichens, werewolves. We talk about uh, whatever happens in the paranormal as far as uh, going on right now. I got a call this afternoon. I talked to another lady, and um, we have a uh, house investigation that's going on because of what's transpiring in her house. Um, she mentioned, and this is what's kind of ironic about this, Eddie, is the fact that a lot of this comes from her childhood beliefs and how she was raised. Really? And so if you can sit there and, yeah, uh, if you can sit there and look at what happens in our childhood, the things that you've been told, the things that I've been told, and how it affects our psyche and how it affects our belief system as an adult. And we, she, she's able to sit there and, 
and look back now. She is 92 years old, Eddie. Wow. And she has the memory of even being able. Yeah. And she still has a memory of being able to go back to when he was three and four years old and tell me exactly what was transpiring in the orphanage where she was adopted out of. That's incredible. And that is just totally amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go up. We're going to go next weekend and, and talk with her again. That's going to be super cool. There, we picked up some pretty good evidence. You know, yeah. uh, next yeah. week so, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of talking on UFOs for next uh-huh. week's show. Okay. So it's going to, because there's a lot of UFOs yeah. that are being uh, seen here lately. There is a lot of news breaking items that's coming about, not only from the United, from all over the world, about not only the pilots, but I mean, U.S. officials, governmental officials all over the world are finally coming up saying, well, I have to admit. And then they go on and tell a story about what has been seen or what it's been, what has been found out and uh, mm-hmm. the reverse engineering of, of some of those crafts that have, have, have actually have a, a big influence on where we are tonight. As far as me being able to see you right now. Yep, Exactly. I mean, when we started doing our paranormal investigations way back in the day, we did not have this kind of capability. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. I think you can tell some stories of the cassettes and everything I can, too. And CB and, radios. Um, the boom boxes. I remember you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Breaker, breaker, one nine. Uh-huh. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and to a- sit there and look back where you've been and where I've been in this genre as far as the paranormal is is consistent with what we found and is still there but we just have new avenues of approach and technology and um i was asked at one time and i i posed a question have we saturated the paranormal world do you think eddie have i think we, we have really i think gone it's on as far as as what you think i think it's extremely saturated i think it's overly saturated if you want my personal opinion and uh, I think it's because it's so fascinating. Everybody's looking for answers. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, what I do see that needs to change a little bit more is everybody's ability to share information and what they're doing and how it's working out for them. Um, thinking outside the box, working out problems, trying to make the field better than what it's been not to continuously do the same types of experiments during an investigation that we've been doing for 25, 30 years, but to change it up Mm -hmm. and uh, do different things to try and better the experiment, better the results. I think that's what needs to be done. And for everybody to share that. I totally concur. I really do. You know, and uh, because there's so many things that I think that, that we're, we're coming up with different um, ideas. We're coming up with different ways to communicate. Um, I, for one, am interested in the electrical field of what's going on with us as far as what frequency do you and I operate on, Eddie, as far as we are, we are an electrical field. We really are. Our bodies are run and our minds are being snapped at every instant on an electrical field. Yeah. And if we can figure out sounds, the electromagnetic fields that we're working under, along with the combination of tones, mm-hmm. sounds, notes, I guess you could say, I think we're going to find that there's a lot more in common with all this type of string theory, if you remember when that came about. Right, yeah. And I, I, think, I remember you guys were, uh, I think you were at the Alamo Museum or something like that. You guys did a uh, um, a sound frequency. Or where right. were you at at that time when mm-hmm. you guys did the sound frequency the, on? At on the Alamo Antique Mall downtown. Yeah, that was the Alamo Antique Mall yeah, downtown yeah. across from the Alamo. And uh, I mean, yeah, there's, that's, a, that's what I mean. there's a lot of results that still need to be investigated a lot of uh frequencies that we need to generate to try and tap into that other that other dimension basically to see what we're able to capture 
yeah i i wholeheartedly want people to to be inquisitive on what we're doing i wholeheartedly want people to sit there and understand what we're doing what i wholeheartedly dislike about the whole thing eddie is somebody that are that is in it that is doing it for the buck you know um for the buck and for themselves earlier she had i i didn't hear you i said for the buck and for themselves only yes yes uh this lady that i was talking about earlier she's 92 like i said and she had an individual from the church from a church come out to her place two times and they did prayers and everything else like that the third time that they come out he was asking her for money and it, i mean that kind of thing is 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 a detriment I mean, a true detriment to those who are into the paranormal field like you and I are. You know, we had a case that I got into it with a Baptist preacher one time, mainly because I had him, I wanted him to go across the street from where the parish was and bless a house that we were investigating that I had found out we were messing with the demonic entity that was there. And we were working closely uh, Mm -hmm. with John Zaffis and he was and i sent him all our evidence that we collected evps and so forth and he told me we were dealing with a demonic entity and that i needed to get the church involved Mm -hmm. so i tried and i tried and i tried and i failed and uh, there was a baptist church right there across the street and the preacher told me under no circumstances was he going to go across the street and bless that house because he knew what went on in there and I told him that was pretty freaking shitty of him not wanting to help these people. I told him, I was like, you lead a, uh, you lead this church. I was like, you lead people of faith. I was like, but yet you won't go help somebody in, in need. I was like, that's pretty low. And I got pissed off, wow. you know, and well, I, it was, I don't blame you. it was, a, it was a really bad deal. And I ended up having to go to the Catholic church and I spoke with a uh, Monsignor that was there and uh, he's since retired, but great guy from Ireland and uh, he told me that they couldn't get involved because we didn't have a a bishop available to approve any type of exorcism of the home but he did give me you know like a ton of uh, holy water and and, you know religious relics crosses uh, he gave me uh, the uh, I guess the rite of exorcism that can be done by a layman such as you know you or I uh, that kind of a deal. And mm-hmm. we went in there and we did a prayer. But uh, to make a long story short, it worked. But we had to keep going back. And we found out later from the little girl that lives there that her grandma kept calling this creature back. So it was, she told us not Whoa. to come back. So it was it was pretty bad. But I ended up having to get the little girl back with her mom and get her out of grandma's house because it, it was a really bad scene. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, it's just like this Krampus and everything. When, I mean, I was looking down the information list and looking at all the things that was connected with this Krampus and then all at once it went into this, he is a mythological mythological slash demonic entity. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that that certainly throws a whole new, (laughs) a whole new look on this thing. Yeah, Christmas and the paranormal. Like that. yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, okay, you got my attention. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about Christmas and the paranormal, it's it's an incredible topic, and it's a topic that isn't spoken about much. Uh, you don't hear about it very much. People watch, like the Christmas Carol and things of that nature, every Christmas religiously, and they don't really realize that Christmas and the paranormal go hand in hand, but it really does. Exactly. Yes. I do. Yeah, it does. We, we just had an alignment. If you uh, were aware of the alignment the other night at June and Saturn, and they were calling it the Christmas star, Eddie. Yes. From I remember that. Avenues and different uh, locale that was seen us. I went outside and looked at it. I thought it was pretty dadgum. You know, I like it. I really did. But I failed to really until about 24 hours later, I, to, I failed to see the significance of what actually happened that night with the planet alignment and mm-hmm. different things like that and how it affects 
not only um, the spirituality world, the spiritual world, but the religious world. There is a number of people, number of laymen, number of preachers and pastors that said this marks the beginning of the end. And that's another story that wow. I really am looking into as far as the prophetic and different things like that, because you have all kinds of avenues and all kinds of uh, people, not only um, clerical, but also just the common layman that sat there and want answers, Eddie. It is surprising to me, just like you said, well, that there are people still out there that cannot and will not understand that the paranormal is a real world, even in Christmas. That's right. And, and it, it becomes very real the more you look into it. And there's so many stories out there dealing with the paranormal and dealing with Christmas in so many different ways. But a lot of those ways we fail to look at close enough to realize that these are all paranormal related. And with that, Rick, I think we're just about out of time, man. This hour has flown, dude. So, uh, uh-huh. It has. If you want to, wow. Yeah. If you <laughs> want to do, <laughs> if you want to do your uh, closing statement. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I just want to say, if there's anybody out there that's listening to me and Eddie, and you have questions about the paranormal, give us a call. Get online and hook us up. We'll talk to you. We have nothing to hide. We have nothing that we want to. Uh, hide from you or anything else like that. We'll do our best to help you along with the questions that you have as far as even in the Christmas being related to the paranormal. But I I believe that there's a lot of people that need information concerning what we do and how we go about doing what we do, Eddie. I just give them an invite right now to contact us and uh, we'll hook you up. Absolutely. I agree. And uh, we love talking about it. So we're not trying to sell anything to anybody or, or what have you, but we'll be more than happy to share our experiences and share our knowledge with you in any way, shape, or form. And if you're trying to start up a team, we'd be happy to talk to you about it and what it entails and what you can look forward to and what you probably are not going to want to look forward to. So uh, <laughs> with that in mind, you all take care. We hope you had a very Merry Christmas. And we hope that you all have a very happy new year. And we hope to God 2021 is better than 2020 because 2020 flat out sucked. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, fingers crossed, say our prayers and, you know, hope 2021 is going to be better. Y'all take care. Be safe. We love you guys. And uh, don't forget to catch us next Saturday, 8 p.m. Central. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Goodbye.